0: Welcome to the Education Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. For those of us actively seeking education, we're always searching for the best way to do it. Usually we look for professional channels like a college or a university, maybe even an online course. But sometimes the best way to learn is face-to-face with a peer. Here to give us more insight on the power of peer-to-peer education is Samir Qureshi, co-founder and CEO of NAC. Samir so, how are you doing today
1: doing well thanks for having me Dan
0: yeah thanks for coming on and telling us a bit more about peer-to-peer education you know we here at market scale do B 2 B and you're out there doing P2p so I I love it um, so let's let's dive into peer-to-peer education in general and what brought you to it so do you have any sort of personal connection with peer-to-peer education
1: yeah actually I do. It's kind of the founding story of the company to an extent, and also just kind of the story that kind of struck me to play with this idea and and evolve it to what it is today in NAC. But during my first job out of college, I was I'm a self-taught guitar player. I'm um, not the best. Never never took any lessons, but you know I feel pretty confident in my abilities from being self-taught. And you know through my experiences meeting folks, uh, I had an uh, opportunity to meet a friend who's classically trained uh, guitar player. You know he had recently lost his job, and so you know, I had him come over and we were just kind of, kind of making small talk and, and I had asked him a bit more about his experience playing guitar. And he told me, you know, he's classically trained in South America and he really enjoys kind of just, you know, helping folks learn and, and also just obviously performing. So I thought, you know, he's a man with a talent um, and, and I'm a man that needs to, to get better at guitar. So I kicked around the idea. I said, Hey, you know, how would you be, uh, how would you be open to teaching me how to play guitar a little bit better? And so he said he was more than happy to do that. So, you know, I started paying him a few bucks and buying him a couple of beers here and there, and that's kind of when it struck me in where there's a traditional realm of, of going out and seeking a professional guitar instructor. Um, there's obviously the, the self-taught mechanisms of things like YouTube and, and just kind of toying around yourself, but the power of learning from somebody who style I admire, who could really kind of relate to my level of where I was playing was what really struck me as being kind of different than a traditional instruction. And it was done in the comfort of my own home, and it just seemed to be a bit more organic. So that's kind of where I started to think about, you know, the power of peer-to-peer. Obviously, you know, musical instrumentation is is one method. Um, you've got other professional skills and academic skills, and that was really kind of where I started to think about this idea um, in in more depth.
0: Yeah, I mean, having that personal motivator that it spurs innovation, I feel like always makes the final product a little more comprehensive and a little more human, which is always great. So in peer to peer education what makes it effective what do you think is the attraction to being taught by someone else who is more or less self taught
1: what's really unique is that you know you're learning from somebody who's potentially more empathetic someone that you know is is at your level or whether that's age whether that's skill whether it's ability somebody that's just a bit more in tune to your experience and i think In traditional learning environments, you've got, you know, an instructor in front of a a large group of students where that personalized attention isn't necessarily there either. And I think when you break things down on a peer-to-peer level, what really comes to mind when I think peer-to-peer is personalized uh, as well as kind of more relatable, right? And I think the empathy that comes with, you know, speaking with someone on your level, speaking with someone who's been in your exact shoes, Brings a lot of comfort and actually research has proven that it can be more comprehensive in terms of the level of understanding, more enjoyable and ultimately more effective. Um, so I think oftentimes when, uh, you have a friend or a peer teaching you something, I think a lot of folks would agree that it's oftentimes more enjoyable and thereby t- at times more effective rather than kind of sitting in a traditional classroom where you feel like the person on the other side, you know, is, is almost a master of some sorts, right? And can be intimidating.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, sometimes you have a feeling like, oh, if I don't perform quite well enough, I'm going to disappoint this professional or they're going to think I'm not worthy. But yeah, if you're being taught by someone who more recently has been in your same position, it's got to feel easier. You can open up a little more. You can be more honest about where you're at and what you need to learn. And you're probably going to get a more specified education too, right? Focused in on exactly what you need to learn, and not waste time with a lot of other things that you know might be more comprehensive, but not necessarily what you're trying to get out of the experience. Looking more at the technology that makes this possible, I feel like the magic of peer-to-peer is the personalized in-person sort of aspect of it. So how are you utilizing technology to create a peer-to-peer sort of setting is it in person? Is it online? And how do you retain, if it is online, that personalized aspect that makes P2P so intriguing?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, our bread and butter and kind of focus is in person, peer to peer, and it's constricted to college students, uh, helping college students, and it's and it's fully in academia. So if I'm struggling in calculus one, I can, I can go on NAC, type in that exact course code at my university. And I can be matched with, uh, you know, a list of students that also took calculus one at the same university, oftentimes with the same professor uh, and connect with them in person. We have the optionality to do one on one or groups and our average group session size is about five students. So it's a small kind of uh, pseudo classroom style setting, if you will. For the longest times, you know, we as humans have tried to replicate and emulate in person experiences, right? Things from you know holograms to even things as basic as Skype in any in any fashion you look at it right we've always tried to replicate that in-person experience I would argue that it's still the most powerful and it's very hard to replicate that in any other setting you've got whiteboard tools you've obviously got clear audio clear video but but there's something experiential about sitting down in front of somebody looking them in the eye and actually walking them through something and then on the other side of that actually being on the receiving end so we focus on kind of that knowledge transfer. But but even more importantly, you know, one thing about the peer to peer interactions is it's not just a student on the receiving end that's getting a lot of the value and benefit. There's actually research that proves that by being a peer tutor itself, you're actually developing the skills that are important and are transferable outside of the academic setting. Again, things like empathy, communication, collaboration, time management, patience, right? The skills that can really build confidence in an individual. That's where we really feel like it's it's super effective, not just to the student on the receiving end, But then again to the student that's actually tutoring in terms of using technology really what we've developed is a marketplace that's putting these two parties together and then our technology is handling kind of the the logistics of those sorts of sessions so the tracking the you know the billing the matching the messaging the scheduling things like that you know this is obviously just one instance of peer-to-peer technology i think you know even a company such as venmo is really incredible with what they've done with peer-to-peer payments right it's become this kind of social pseudo-social network where it's almost fun to pay people and it's fun to receive money and, and and attach that sort of kind of really authentic, organic feel to it. So again, I think oftentimes with peer-to-peer comes a strong kind of social interaction. And for us on a college campus, given the pivotal time it is for a student's life to kind of figure out what, what it is they want to do in their life, it's it's a really unique time to be kind of centered on this peer-to-peer model.
0: Definitely. And as a business, how do you sort of brand and market your company to appeal to students and how do you draw them onto your platform?
1: You know, I think what's really, really interesting about us and you know, I would say is is our, our biggest differentiator and, and something that a lot of students are excited about on our platform is on the tutoring side, the tutors aren't just tutoring to make money. In fact, almost 20% of our tutors are completely free. So they're not doing this necessarily as a as a motivated factor to make money. The other motivation is students really enjoy helping people. And I would argue Generation Z especially the relatability, despite the, you know, the magnification of technology in, in a lot of their lives, I think there's this crave of of social interaction in real life. And I think our technology, being online to offline, really helps bring that. So naturally, I think there's this attraction toward kind of in person, you know, helping someone on my campus. I'm at college anyway. I get to meet people. You've got that. But more importantly, what's really unique about us is we actually have employers on the back end that are funding this tutoring. And the reason they're doing it is for those reasons I mentioned earlier. They realize that tutoring is actually building skills for both parties, right? And so for a lot of companies, we're working with companies like PwC and Northwestern Mutual. This is a means of not just giving back, but also a, a means of sifting and qualifying and identifying talent. We're active on now 50 campuses and we're you know constantly expanding to new ones. It gives them a really unique filter because one, we're recruiting these tutors, we're verifying their grades, but then every session they have with an individual They're actually qualifying or disqualifying their soft skills, things like communication, collaboration, teamwork, which are oftentimes important to employers. So we have employers funding this on the back end, and thereby what they're doing is they're basically backing specific tutors and majors and campuses to say, we're going to put our dollars behind all the accounting tutors at, let's say, Arizona State University. And those tutoring sessions are going to be branded by our company. And the student on the receiving end is obviously receiving a heavy discount. And the tutors on the back end are actually getting warm introductions and fast-track lanes into these recruiting cycles for for these companies that hire entry-level talent.
0: That's really interesting. So you're actually seeing employers sort of promote this education aspect and and, and getting students more involved in, in developing their soft skills?
1: 100%. You know, our mission is to help students discover and deliver their knack. And we wish to give them the best platform, you know, to build, sharpen, and showcase their skills, not just to their peers, but to future employers. You know 100% kind of uh, ingrained in our mission and obviously keeping the cost low for college students who are oftentimes hurting for money or you know deciding to spend it on pizza and beer at times it kind of kills two birds with one stone right we align the incentives in that they're in college oftentimes to you know get to that next phase whether it's graduate school or a job and by going to tutoring it's no longer this thing that i'm ashamed of going to or i can't talk about but in fact it's actually potentially a way for me to get on the radar of these employers who actually support this activity because they realize these interactions are, are pertaining into the real world and have transferable matters in the workplace.
0: Yeah, and that's really, I think, the key to developing a strong business is putting the emphasis on, you know, who your employee is and in promoting continuous growth. I mean, even adult education, once you've already graduated and you're part of a workforce is, you know, having a culture and an environment that promotes you going out and learning new skills. You know, it could be online. It could be as simple as on YouTube or something a little more sophisticated like Udemy or even going to get another degree. I mean, all of that is applicable, transferable stuff. And it's really cool to see that, you know, employers are partnering with companies like yours because they want better employees in general. I mean, they, I, I feel like it's a no-brainer, but at the same time, it's just cool to see.
1: One thing we we started to realize existentially is, you know, what is the role of education, right? And and who, uh, if you look at at the uh, inception of education, you know, when it was, um, you know, the the higher education kind of diploma university esque environment was. Created, It was actually oftentimes funded or sponsored by churches uh, wanting to train clergymen and employers or at the time, you know, just, yeah, I mean, really employers funding um, the education for their constituents as a way to train them and have those skills come into the workplace today. You know, when you look at what education's kind of evolved to, you've got now the system that's in a sense, almost disconnected from what the real world and oftentimes what employers are looking for. Right. So you have students graduating with degrees that may not necessarily immediately translate into the workplace. So our mission is to kind of bring the stakeholders together, right? The universities to help them retain and graduate students, but beyond retention and graduation, get them to that next step, which is getting a job or going to graduate school. So by bringing in the employers, we're actually aligning the incentives of all three stakeholders, the students, the employers, as well as the universities to ensure that the pathway is not just get to school, get a degree, then figure it out. It's get to school, get a degree, and efficiently have your next step into the workplace immediately after you graduate or potentially even before.
0: No, yeah, definitely. It's basically crafting that path and and opening the gates and laying the trail of breadcrumbs, right, to help these students get from point A to point B. And once they are actually in the workforce, they have not only a degree that has you know tangible weight to it, but have put in effort into soft skills and little things. And like you said, peer-to-peer education just naturally is going to make people more empathetic and it's going to make people more personable. And those are skills that you, know, you don't want to take a class for. It's something that you want to happen naturally and grow in naturally. And so encouraging that almost as a side product of learning a new skill is really clever. And I think it'll really help younger people grow into themselves a little better and enter the workforce as more mature, productive members of society.
1: You hit the nail on the head with being productive members of society. I think you know, the workplace is changing, right? And automation is coming and and everybody knows that. And I think if you were to ask me, really the only thing separating us between computers is is our ability to be human and empathetic, right? And so these soft skills are things that matter, again, not just in college, but obviously beyond that. And so we have tutors on our platform now that you know, will oftentimes tell us I had a student, you know, break down in tears in front of me saying if, you know, she didn't pass her organic chemistry class, you know, she was going to lose her scholarship or she was going to have to drop out. And beyond the tutoring of that hard skill transfer, it's also building confidence in another individual and, and making sure that they understand, hey, you know, I'm here with you. And it's almost this bridge of not just tutoring, but, but going into mentorship, right? And so for us, you know, it, it feels really amazing to kind of be helping students at such a critical time in their life, not just kind of pass that calculus exam, but graduate college and get the job that they really want to care, you know, really have wanted since day one.
0: Yeah, well, it's great to see technology being leveraged to encourage, you know, more human emotion and more human interaction, which you would almost think is the opposite of technology with, like you said, the push towards AI and automation. It's important to keep encouraging these kinds of soft skills and this kind of personal growth in people. And... If you can do that through a hub of peer-to-peer education, then, you know, wonderful. They're gaining skills from it, too. So, Samir, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and giving us some insight on how powerful peer-to-peer education really is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you having me, Dan, and, uh, you know, thanks to you and your team.
0: Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to articles, videos and podcasts from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Till next time.